I'll just politely okay. excuse myself. And, and we'll be like, Ryan, thank should, God that fucking guy. You should cue in a a, be, a, a, tra- a, a beaming, like, transporter beam thing. <laughs> Excellent. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special Autopod Decepticast bonus episode. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> bonus in the sense that we're fucking you out of an episode. <laughs> Not really a bonus because it's airing in place of a standard episode. We're taking a week off from the regularly scheduled content in order. Well, first of all, we're kind of trying to prepare for our TFCon panel in Chicago. And in its place, we have a quick conversation with our friend Mike Seibert of Mike Seibert Radio yes. about... Last Thursday's theatrical presentation that most of many of us went to of, Absolutely. of Transformers the movie. <laughs> what an awesome thing to actually have happen in congruence with what we're doing. Here. That's right. I am Ryan and joined with us is also Hello, I'm Caleb. Yeah. I guess I didn't introduce myself. Nope, I'm Aaron. <laughs> and 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 of course we've got Mike on this <laughs> as well. Hi, I'm Mike Seibert. I've seen the movie a bunch. Uh, let's go hang out in an <laughs> elevator. <laughs> ah, man, the elevator is good. We're going to need to we're make a We're getting a, a lot of mileage on that elevator, we're gonna have. We're going to totally have to get a pick of us in the elevator. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, kind of, kind of the Gundam style type of, type of thing. So, uh, Mike, I guess we didn't really talk about this. I don't know if uh, how you if you want to lead us through it, or, or if there is like a discussion topic that. Uh, Good. Let's I, make this harder to edit for me. Yeah. Well, I would just, just right off the bat, I just was going to say like uh, impressions. Uh, Mike and I'll toss it to you first here, just as a person who saw sure. this in the big screen as a as a uh, tot. Uh, how did it compare? Yeah. You know what? It was it was a really cool experience. And I, I guess for me, one of the, the coolest things was seeing it in uh, in a theater with folks kind of my own age or had similar experiences and just kind of re-experiencing it for the first time. It was uh, I, I tell you, I've got a, a little bit of setup, a little bit of setup I want to throw at you guys, because basically um uh, we we ended up getting there stupid early, um, and like sitting through some of that trivia, and maybe uh, mm-hmm. if uh, time permitting, we can loop back around to that. But um, basically, I, I I tell you what, guys, uh, once the the music kicked in and it really kind of starts, and you see Unicron coming around that that glowy nebula thing, I was seven years old again. True story. I mean, it's just, I just, you know, just kind of was transported back to that place. And I've, uh, I, I've got a lot of other stuff I could talk about, you know, uh, set up and stories and things like that. But, um, uh, being the, uh, I, I would say the least fluent in, uh, I guess in the movie, I, I kind of want to hear what, uh, what Caleb had to, what, what his, uh, experiencing it for the first time was. That's uh, yes, Mike. That's a great point because I was going to ask Caleb also because he brought his son. I did. Um, our oh, okay. our sponsor, our Brosell sponsor. Yes, we sell um, good. Wham, wham, wham. Yeah, yeah, we sell we sell good. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, not only is I mean I've seen the movie. It's been a long time ago. The weird, the other weird thing about this is 
Uh, I've been watching this movie one minute at a time yes. over the past <laughs> year and a half, and I have not at any point during this experience sat down and just watched the movie. So it's been such a long time since I've watched it that there's uh, there was actually sequences coming up that I didn't either that I didn't remember. Oh, wow! So um, the the interesting thing about me watching it this time around was that. I've been so closely involved with it on an analytical level <laughs> yes. that I very much was uh, didn't have the childhood connection quite as emotionally as you did. Mm -hmm. uh, but but that I but but I did I was kind of I wasn't scrutinizing it, but I was watching and uh, it was actually it was it was nostalgic in a weird way in that it kept making me think back to the experiences <laughs> of that the we podcast. of the podcast. <laughs> so I was it was. So um, where where it you know where you were a seven year old again, mm -hmm. Mike? I was I was a thirty nine year old again, <laughs> and, um, sitting there, and, and I was thirty nine all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And so while I was watching it, I I was kept thinking like, wow, you know, it, it the movie went by relatively quickly, but it, and it's weird that it we've stretched a movie mm -hmm. over a, a year and a, a half. year and a half, which is just wild. And so that was what was kind of the most interesting thing for me for my son he liked it mm -hmm. it, it was not a profound experience for him of course, yeah. he's 10 um i'd he was glad to go but uh he was more interested in the sour mike and ike's that he had and <laughs> i mean but i do remember asking your son like hey did you like any and i got i got like a yeah he was, it was, he was polite yeah, yeah he was polite was he, so, he thought it, it was a thing he watched that's it right. didn't hate yeah so um yeah so he, we had a good time and we you know so it was a good father son get together and i'm glad i got to do it um that is that's my that's my two cents on my experience with the movie very cool i mean cuz really the thing that uh, for you guys that I thought was so cool is that, yeah, it's kind of like the culmination of this podcast project you guys have been doing. Right. Yeah, it I did mean, come, yeah, at an interesting yeah. time. What weird timing to where it's like, you know, after uh, you've finished the movie proper, you know, you're kind of wading through the, the credits now in recent episodes, but it's, um, oh man, it, it's... It, it, it's just so weird the timing where you know yeah. um we're talking about the movie we've got tfcon coming up and yeah it's just and, and and it's strange that all of us could have like that that singular experience together like you right. know you it's guys yeah it's certainly something that, that stretches across like it's it's a fascinating thing to me of like, oh, we're all going to go watch this movie. It's the same thing. Like I go to watch sometimes um, the Mystery Science Theater like uh, uh, broadcast where oh, they yeah. broadcast in a, a simulcast basically mm -hmm. in theaters across the country. And it's like you're experiencing this in this theater with this live audience, but you're also experiencing with people all across the country at the same time. It's a really interesting thing that is I don't think has ever occurred before the modern age. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, uh, uh, Ryan, you had said in previous episodes, like, you had done a time check saying it was, like, uh, uh, 7 o'clock Central Time. And mm -hmm. it turns out it was, it was, it was 7 o'clock whatever local time is. So, okay. so like, for example, I saw it at 7 o'clock. You guys saw it at 7 o'clock. And the reason why I bring that up and why that's kind of relevant is because I'm uh, watching – 
social media posts from three hours in the future where like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, East Coast oh, yeah. people, you know, so like they're taking, uh, you know, pictures with their mini posters and, and, you know. Speaking like, of which, I owe you a poster, Mike. <laughs> you know what? Quick postscript on that. I'll, uh, uh, yeah, I kind of buried the lead a little bit. I was going to tell that story in a few, but, oh, sorry. but sorry. no, no, it's fine. It's fine. They, um, um, I, I was a little too hot on the trigger on my hot take, uh, social media <laughs> post. The, um, uh, they handed out the posters after the ah. screening and the, uh, theater manager, um, hung around in the door and handed them out personally. He he was a fan. Cool. Oh, nice. So like so like prior to the screening, like like I had mentioned earlier, we got there stupid early because again, I'm seeing these social media posts seeing that um you know like there's trivia and I'm like, "Ooh, yeah. there's you know, we've got assigned seats, but you know, there's no reason for us to be there stupid early, but I'm like, "Ooh, I want I want to I want to see How early seat. did you How early did you get there, Mike? We got there at 6:30. Well, shoot, we got, we got there at six. We got there at six, dude. We, well, Ryan and Ryan actually was, was, was concerned. Worried. Ryan thought that we. He suggested that we should get there two hours. Early. I'm ridiculous. And because uh, he's obsessed with assigned seating, and uh, <laughs> we got there an hour early. Uh, me and Harrison were the first. Uh, yes. We were the first two people in the theater, and then these guys showed up about ten minutes later. Yeah, we did not have the benefit of assigned seating. Otherwise, that's it true. As big a deal, but uh, then, well, I don't know why you'd show up more than ten minutes ahead. Right. Well, absolutely. Uh, but the, you know, the, that said, there was a pretty sizable crop of nerds oh, that sure. showed up for this <laughs> thing. Uh, I would say. You know, I would say it was three quarters full. I would say, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I don't know how full it was in your neck of the woods, but our market is. You know, not Seattle sized, no. but uh, no. or even a big suburb of Seattle. But but uh, Our, uh, Springfield you know. is about one hundred sixty-five thousand people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, and and your guys's theater was one of the ones that was added later, right? Yes. yes. See, and that's pretty cool because, like, I, uh, you know, it's funny. We, we made the joke at the top about, you know, hey, I'm Mike Seibert and I've seen the movie a bunch, and, you know, and, and all of that. But, to be fair, that was Caleb. But, <laughs> but the, uh, uh, the thing about that is, is, you know, being in a larger city, it is so easy to take for granted the awesome movie going opportunities we have here. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, not, not to be, you know, super privileged guy but like when when tickets went on sale on august 3rd um i saw that our local theater you know the century theater that we see all of our movies at they had it and Mm -hmm. and there were at least a dozen other theaters that are very convenient to me wow um so i mean so this thing was everywhere and i've uh i i've made a lot of friends recently in uh some of the uh, Facebook groups I've been invited to be a part of uh, here locally. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so everybody's talking about, well, I'm seeing it here. Well, I'm seeing it there. So since it was in so many places, we didn't really have the opportunity to have like one huge rallying point, which yeah. in my mind's eye actually would have been kind of cool. That would have been cool. But uh, yeah. But we we still kind of had that singular experience that uh, that that Ryan was talking about earlier, um, and uh, you know I, I mentioned that they added more um, uh, mm-hmm. theaters. What we discovered when we got to the theater, because again we bought our tickets on August third when they went on sale, um, they had added a second showing. 
So oh, there, wow. So not only was there the 7 o'clock that was all but sold out, there were a couple of seats left in the front row. Um, but, yeah, they had added a 715 that was about half I'll full. Oh, darn. So. Damn. Well, that's, the, the closest, if, if they hadn't had it here, the closest theater would have probably been Tulsa. Yeah. I believe Kansas City had it. I don't know which is yeah, closer. They're about the same. It's, <laughs> the same. It's, it's essentially essentially a two and a half hour drive. Yeah, no, it it just it just makes me so happy because it's like it it shows how much of a fandom there is and how much people like enjoy that the, they added fucking like five hundred theaters yeah. to it. You know, I, and I bet you they made money. I bet you they did all right with. Oh, that. absolutely. Well, and that was something I I posited on my podcast recently, where I was like, "Wouldn't it be something?" Because uh, it was after I reported on the the expansion, I was like, "Wouldn't it be something if like this one night only Fathom Events thing ends up being more successful than the original theatrical run?" Because <laughs> it wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> that's true. I mean, because it made what five million dollars? Five total? million. It cost six, I think. Yeah. Let's that, do a quick math. How many theaters did this get into? Do we know? I want I want to say seven hundred and fifty. And I don't know. I don't know if that includes uh, partner theaters in Canada. Um, Let's just do seven hundred and fifty. We'll assume two hundred people per, per theater. Theater mm-hmm. uh, times what were these things? Fourteen bucks. Uh, 50, yeah, sure. Fourteen bucks. So you're already two million. At two million right there. That's so loosely two million in sales. <laughs> That's half of what they made from there. Presuming it, they uh, sold out, and, and that is in modern dollars as well. Sure. But, but uh, at any rate, yay! Yeah, so I <laughs> <laughs> very presumptuous, but uh, but uh, for loose math, um, there was a, it was interesting to see at our theater um, how many people like again like it was added late and mm-hmm. there were, I I think it was did probably three quarters full sure. and um like there was a, a a woman who was sitting next to us who was if she was over 25 i'd be oh, shocked she was young and you're talking about to my right yes oh, that was, girl was, was a, like 11 yeah she's like a teenager she was so she was, into it. She was yeah. maybe twelve. Yeah. Like no, that's, that's she was not twelve. She was she she, she was, was a kid. She was, was un- she? Yeah, she was into the age of to drive. I know. I know she's taller than you, but that <laughs> well, that's, oh. that's fair. She was under the age of sixteen. Anybody so. taller than me, I just assume, are you an she adult? She was. She was so excited. She sat down right. Oh next my god, to us she loved it. She was like. I mean, she was like a. Ball she was literally her. bouncing in her seat. Yeah. And then afterwards, like, uh, before it like even started, I she was like texting and talking to people on her phone about it, and she was like bouncing whenever it happened, and like after the movie, she was so. She was singing all the she Stan was Bush lyrics. So and I'm happy. Saying, she was between the ages of twelve and fifteen because I was like, "Why is this kid uh, by herself in the theater?" Her parents drop her uh, off. But actually, I think they were in the theater with her because I, she just want to sit with them or something. She or she liked that row. I don't mm-hmm. know, but she. I noticed that she linked up uh, with like an older person and a wow. younger person gotcha. at that point. But I would, it was yeah, just it was shocking so to see somebody that young. Fun to see like it. somebody, yes, that young who was like, I am into this way more than you people who are doing yeah. a podcast about. Me. Like it was just like she was so happy. It made me feel good. And a part, and a, a part of that, just uh, whenever I'm kind of trolling, tw- when I say trolling, I just mean like kind of you know scrolling, looking really, through through Twitter. 
and just generally kind of, you know, the fan base that is younger, Mm -hmm. I feel like is more connected to the comic book or maybe some of the more recent cartoon series and some of the more anime influenced stuff and more, you know, more modern stylized. And a lot of those people aren't G1 people at all. In fact, uh, I think, I mean, there's probably a pretty solid fan divide from the G1ers. I think there's a stereotype that we're just crusty, all old crusty men and (laughs) which is probably true. Uh, But, uh, but uh, uh, I think that there's a lot of people that just, uh, you know, for what it's worth, don't want to get to know the G1 material, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But it's so it's interesting to see somebody so young, and they probably love all the aspects of Transformers and mm-hmm. dig into this. But I mean, to be fair, the movie is the pinnacle of G1. So yeah, if you're going to so. watch something G1, that's this is the thing to watch. Mm-hmm. I agree, and and so that that's a really cool story. I uh, um, didn't necessarily. Uh, have an experience or you know have a have uh, you know see something like that but I did see a lot of adults with kids in there so that was probably yes. uh, uh, very similar to uh, uh, Caleb and and his son's experience and I, I was thinking leaving the theater I'm like oh the cycle has begun again because you know like there there was an entire generation that were traumatized by this movie and then it kind of dropped off and now with I think um, adults bringing their young kids to this movie for uh, for the trauma all over again. It's just it's just passing it on to the, sure. to the new I, generation, I guess. I, my son didn't have any. He didn't. Have, well, he has no connection. He has no connection. That's right. He so doesn't, he doesn't care. Right. Yeah. And he, that's and, a fair and, point. Um, Other I mean, than financially supporting this podcast. Uh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. We've received upwards of five dollars. He did contribute five dollars, did. didn't he? All right. Yeah. I've still got it over here. Yeah. So, I mean, what would you say was the general demographic that the one that you saw there, Mike? Was it mostly adults? Uh, yeah, I mean, mo- mostly adults. Um, a lot of folks my age and uh, folks that brought their kids. I, right. I, I yeah, we saw a lot. Of, I'm sorry to interrupt. But I was just going to be a lot of. We saw a lot of folks that brought their kids as well. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. No, I, I was I was just gonna say that I didn't really see any teenagers. Um, it, it was it was kind of funny though because like you know watching the movie, uh, you know just kind of watching it unfold. I found that with the audience, everything still plays. Meaning like the jokes land, mm-hmm. the the gasps land, you know the thrills, the chills, mm-hmm. you know all that stuff. It it, it definitely plays. Um, we uh we had a. Uh, a mostly polite audience, meaning like there really wasn't a whole lot of, you know, uh, you know, uh, animation for lack of better word, but not a whole lot of singing or dancing or, sure. you know, uh, uh, spoken dialogue Calling out the lines yeah. up until yep. we got towards the end. You know, I think oh. right, right oh. about the time we, we uh, are hanging around with the junkions and the weird owl is picking up. That's yeah. the point where people started thinking it was okay to start saying dialogue. So oh, like okay. so like during like like the uh uh chant to get on the uh junkie on ship and the Quintesson ship, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, uh um uh kill Unicron to, uh, uh, what mm-hmm. is it foot? Destroy the Grand Poobah. Yeah. Oh, uh, destroy Unicron, kill the Grand Poobah, eliminates even Thank the you. toughest stains. It, it took me it's like that doesn't sound right. 
line, <laughs> line. But yeah, so so pe- I I heard some of that, and um, and then that kind of continued, kind of sort of through the end of the movie a little bit, oh. uh, to the point where where after we left, my wife kind of pulled me aside, and she's like, so. I couldn't tell were were people talking or is it just like <laughs> echo and the sound distortion because being being in a in a movie theater you can you can really hear the modulation in the uh, in the voice acting. I think more right. so than one when when you watch it on TV because there's kind of like a little bit of an acoustical echo within you know a large movie theater. So the um, uh, the voice modulation of these robots really definitely plays. So like there there's like that that extra uh timbre there like when when any of the uh, transformer characters speak and um so yeah so she couldn't keep track of if people were talking or if it was just the echo and I I was like yeah in parts it was it was a fair uh fair measure of That's both. That's really interesting. We, we didn't experience that at all. I I, no. mean, I was I was curious if if it would be like some rocky horror elements to it, but mm-hmm. no, we there was a everybody was, was very it, was it seemed reverent yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. But it was That's a nice cool. I kind of wish it was I I do wish it was more like the experience that Mike had. It wasn't supposed to be though. It wasn't like a rocky horror picture. Sure, I know, but I'm like just saying along, but, but his but right. Mike's experience They made it that way. Yeah. But I probably would have found that annoying, but that's okay. I don't know. It depends. It, like, I, I'm of two minds about it. Like, I don't know. I mean, because that means that people are enjoying it so much. And yeah. this, I love this so much. That this is how I'm expressing it. But then also I'm like, I'm trying to watch a fucking movie. <laughs> Did, uh, Mike, uh, were you at one of those fancy eaty drinky theaters? No, this, uh, this is, um, so we have like the luxury recliner seats in that, like, you know, it's a big Barker lounger and stuff, but it's, it's, Outside of that aesthetic, it's a standard movie theater. So yeah, just, Aaron tried to convince me that this was a, a, a selling point of they oh these these recliners are so comfortable yeah, as are. opposed to I haven't been to a, a, a we have the benefit also of in mm. Springfield Missouri of having an Alamo Draft Theater. Oh, um, we have and the, we have the largest Alamo Draft House we in do. the country. And it is where you not only that you can get booze and and, Mm -hmm. and, and food, but also they subscribe to like a no talking. uh, Well, it's different for like if you have a special venue, but also you have assigned seating like you did, Mike, where it's like. I can show up 10 minutes before the movie and I don't have to worry about standing in line. And that's that's pretty that's pretty prime for me. Yeah, obviously. Hmm. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I had a point. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> fine. I kind of just rambled on. Well, and I, I was going to ask you guys kind of like, you know, to describe kind of like the theater going experience. Like what kind of theater was it? I mean, it sounds like it was just kind of like a standard um, standard type of deal. Yeah, it's I mean, it it's uh, it, it's been converted recently into the, the, the reclining seats. Pretty theater. much all of them in town have that. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so but other than that, it's straight on. Theater it's just a regular there. theater. I was telling them that I actually remembered. I told I was telling Ryan I, I, the first movie I ever saw there was on opening weekend when it opened. I saw the original Adams Family there. Oh, oh wow! And I, and I saw Kathleen Turner in line. I don't know why that that's wait what? Kathleen Turner to see Adams Family. She was in line. She was in Springfield. 
She went to college here. I know, but she was in town? I guess, yeah. She was in line for the this movie. This sounds made up. See? <laughs> why, you said this. You had the same conversation with me in the theater. Like, don't believe me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the very first movie I saw there was Jurassic Park. Me too. Oh, high five! Did you see Kathleen Turner in line? I saw because I did. I saw John Goodman. Oh, did you really? Did you really? Springfield alumni? No, I didn't. Oh. God damn it! That's um, that's funny. I am going to. I saw Michelle Bachman in line. Michelle Bachman, the politician. Yes. Okay. That's right. not true. I'm... I just thought of the just weirdest thing. Stuff, I just making of. stuff up now. Uh, <laughs> I, Mike, I have to excuse yep. myself and please. Um, we will send you over the files for deal or can't deal, as well as the voice actor trivia. Okay. I will, and uh, sir, um, pleasure. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person here in a couple of weeks. Absolutely, Terrific. it's going to be a pleasure. I kept looking at the time. I'm like, he's still here. He's still yeah, here. I, I, I'm, he's, he's pushing it. I'm pushing mm-hmm. it. Well, so I'm going to go, and uh, you guys enjoy the rest. We of the probably have about 15 minutes. We'll finish before our, yeah. I, uh, yeah, we'll be great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See you guys. Mm-hmm. All right, now you can like put in the edit in the uh, transporter sound effect, right? Right. Uh, yeah. yeah okay. All right. See you, mm-hmm. bye. That'll work. Uh, <laughs> and Caleb had to go back to his home planet. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. Ha ha ha. He, he doesn't hear what we're what saying we're about, about It's really funny. <laughs> he I has have... a stupid butt. Uh, <laughs> did you guys, uh, I guess I'll, I'll uh, just throw this out to you, yeah. Mike, as somebody that's seen it in the past, but also Ryan, as somebody who has been going through this minute by minute journey, mm-hmm. was there any, like, I don't know, moments of the movie that kind of hit a quarter, you know, hit you differently based on just your past, your context, or just seeing it on a big screen as opposed to a little computer screen minute by minute over time. I mean, uh, like, I don't know. Was there any moment that kind of stood out to you watching it in this context? Not not to put you on, uh, on blast here uh, up up top, but do you want to, do you want to field that first? Sure. Yeah. No, uh, there, there's one specific moment that I'm thinking of that, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's been kind of, uh, influenced by listening to the podcast because again, it's been very, analytical and one of the things that's made me a fan of your show is that it's it's made me look at things about this movie that I love so very much and I you know will tell you that I know front and back and know all the dialogue and all the music cues and all the sound effects and you know if you if you give me a running start I could probably perform all 86 minutes of it you know in in mm-hmm. one if in, in one clip but what I like about the analytical approach is that I've I keep seeing things I have never seen before. So, like, I I found myself at the very beginning of the movie trying to keep track of uh, those freaking Lithonians and who gets on which (laughs) ship. And something I've I never thought to pay attention to before, and and so yeah, so there's three ships and three guys, but Cranix gets in one of them, and then Marvelous and his friend get in the other one. <laughs> Third ship never takes off, and then and then they're all super dead, and it's and um, uh, the other one that that really kind of. Um, that I can't not see this, and this is thanks to you guys, and it kind of pisses me off actually because it kind of sucks. You're welcome. But like when, um, uh, when Rodimus Prime opens up the Matrix, and there's those two <laughs> stupid strings on the side. You never saw those. You before didn't see either? that either. I never saw that before in my entire life, and Just now, me. Yeah. and and yeah, it was, and and it's very clear in that one shot where he's opening it up wide. Um, the next shot it's gone, but yeah, it's like, so I, 
um, you know, Fathom events. I don't had know. Been... I wish they hadn't. Di- like, it almost looks like when you see the strings on a on like a puppeteer oh, marionette or, type or like, situation, yeah, special effects. Stick, yeah, like, uh, like, and I mean, I guess they intended for us to both see that this. I don't know what it's supposed to be like a stabilizer or something. Oh, I but... would be interested to see um, in the 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 season three episodes whether that exists whenever they open it for the Rage Virus. See, oh, good I... question. Honestly, guys, I think it's an animation error. I, I, really? don't, I don't you think, think it's like maybe just like um, uh, guidelines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and they either didn't or couldn't remove it because, again, mm-hmm. the, the next uh, time where where like, you know, th- that shot changes perspective a couple times. So mm-hmm. when it. It's only in that one shot where he's first putting his uh, fingers in the finger holes and then opening it mm-hmm. up that way. That's the only time you see the strings. Outside of that, it's just it's just floating. Um, and yeah, I just I never noticed that before, and it sucks because it sucks. <laughs> it <laughs> sucks. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, exactly. But I appear to be the only one who would notice that. I never had seen it yeah. before. And I mean, outside of that, I mean, I um uh just a uh, I I guess slightly tangent for just a sec. I uh so with seeing this movie so many times in so many different formats, um there there was a few things that that I found kind of nitpicky about this particular screening, and I okay. don't I don't mean to bring down the house or whatever, but I I was wondering at a few different times if. What we're watching is actually the uh, the 30th anniversary uh, cleaned up Blu-ray put out by Shout Factory because there's I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's clean. So, like, for example, at the beginning of the movie, um, you can see um, you can see the three Lithonians inside the uh, the the reverse angle of being inside their lab as the scene goes red and and the uh, uh, Lithonian shopping mall is being you know sucked <laughs> up into into Unicron. Um, something I didn't notice until that Blu-ray release, so I did notice it in this theatrical version. But there's there's some shots like specifically like where. Um, uh, you're you're first introduced to Hot Rod and you see him fishing with Daniel. It gets blurry as fuck for like no reason. Yes, and yes, yeah. there's one there's one specific shot that I noticed that is very out of focus. Yeah, I, I I was gonna ask that, and I was curious just from your angle, Mike, because I I was like, I don't I, was this the 4K version? Did we just have a bad uh, uh, you know projector? Because all projectors nowadays so. are high def digital, and sure. why like I think it was I don't just know a how bad you would sell. get. So or a couple well, cells. Well, I mean, I think I mean the whole movie did not seem high resolution to me. So yeah. I was like, is this supposed to be a like it felt in the original and they've preserved some lower grade version of it, but for the purpose of like watching the original star Wars instead of the remix, uh, well, yeah. George and, Lucas. And, and also there was something that where I think it was on Twitter, but there was an example of like, they were like, here's the, uh, I think it was, uh, the company that did it was here's the original, here's the redigitized version, yeah. like side by side. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. I, I, I was going to bring. looks better. I I was going to bring that up because that was going around uh, my Facebook feeds as well. And I had you know I was even being devil's advocate. I'm like, well, maybe they have the before and after flipped. 
I, I, I really have to go back and watch all of these different versions because, like, I mean, I think I've seen that 30th anniversary Blu-ray once, and my biggest takeaway from watching that at home on TV um, is, like, again, I've, I've sung its praises, saying, like, there are bits in the animation that I've never seen before, and to me, the um, showcase for it is during uh, uh, Megatron's transformation sequence into Galvatron. You mm-hmm. can you can see all of the fine detail, uh, lines of detail that I had never noticed before because in uh, most other versions, it's um, the 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 color saturation is turned way up, so it's like there's there's um, that that pink glow that kind of obscures yes. the detail, and in the print that we saw, it's back to being pink glow. So I'm like, this, this can't be the uh, uh, the Blu-ray version. I ha- I hate to be conspiracy theory guy about it, but it's like it really did kind of kind of bug me a little bit. And um, yeah, and you know, and and this is, you know, if I wasn't conspiracy theory guy before, this is where I don't know why we're calling it conspiracy. Like <laughs> I don't know who's making well, money or well, the, saving. The reason why I say that is because Shout Factory's logo is all over this along mm-hmm. with Fathom Events. Okay. So I think this was supposed to be, you know, uh Fathom Events partnering with Shout Factory to, you know, kind of kind of uh present this showcase. And I mm-hmm. think I don't know if somebody just got the cans mixed up or whatever, but I've um, you know, the uh Oh man, I, I'm trying to avoid a a whole in depth conversation about aspect ratio, because like, well, <laughs> our, this, this our wasn't fans, wide, this wasn't the widescreen, was it? And I no. don't think so. Yeah. And and the way that you can tell, the way I always use to figure out which aspect ratio is being shown is the uh, during the transformation of Autobot City. There's that last uh, gun turret that spins around. And there's yep. there's like the shine effect on top. Yep. So like you know like the the yeah it goes around it's like ding. Mm-hmm. This one the whole top uh p- top third I'd say of of the gun barrel was cut off. Mm-hmm. So like you see yes. the you see the bottom of the light effect and you see it go up the barrel but you don't see where it ends up. And- I do remember noticing that where I'm like oh this isn't this is weird this is not a widescreen version. Yeah, and which I would assume it was theatrically released. Of course, why wouldn't it? Be? And, okay, right, right. Well, here's the thing, though. From what from what I understand, this is oh, this is where it gets way too deep. Is okay. that I think the way that we saw it is the aspect ratio that it was originally presented mm. in back in 1986, because because okay. I remember back around like the uh, 20th anniversary restoration, they're like, well, there is no quote unquote widescreen version. Basically, you're right. When we see a widescreen, they're cut they're cutting it to make it widescreen. Is that what it is? So that's really the edited. But then why would that canon be screwed up? I, I I really don't know. I I think um I think over the next few weeks I I might because I I remember like on the TF Wiki article it kind of talks about the aspect ratio and there's some um uh, there's some uh shot comparisons but that more or less what I'm saying is uh one of two things either this is a different print or the restoration is is good for like TV and computer and things like that but maybe 
the restoration just doesn't hold up on the uh, on the big screen. Sure. Maybe that's but what it I is. I can't imagine why it wouldn't, though. Yeah. I mean, those projectors are high-definition projectors. Uh, more research to be done, I mean, but not by me. <laughs> not to, again, like, let's just bring this back to the fold where it's saying, like, uh, nothing to take away from this fact. I love that they re-released it, no matter how it looked. Like, I... It was a really enjoyable thing that occurred, and, like, to have people... Be so excited, not only yeah. like on Twitter, but in uh, on social media, but also in reality to well, be to so be there excited. Two hundred nerds, exactly. Like to the to the love of this movie brought people out. That's really the important part. On a Thursday, Ex on a Thursday, <laughs> we have to work the next day. Was there a, which is why we wouldn't have so, gone to a big city and would have just missed the event exactly. Mm -hmm. um, Ryan, was there a moment that stood out that just being in the theater, or, given what we've been yes. doing, what Starscream kicking Megatron? Everybody in the theater laughed at that point. Yes. Yep. That was Sa a nice moment. Same here. Biggest laugh. It seems like Starscream, just as a character, any scene that he's in that he steals gets all the laughs. So, like, mm -hmm. even, even at the beginning of the movie during the shuttle attack, where actually it's Megatron's line, but he's like, you're an idiot, Starscream. Huge laughs. laughs. Um, yeah, because of Starscream's expression. <laughs> exactly. Well, and even, like, you know, when, when he blasts off his foot, at uh, Autobot City, people laughed at that, and then and then of course everything after that from uh, Astro Train all the way through the Coronation that that seemed to be aside from at the end of the movie with the uh, with the Junkions that's when the audience I think was the most lively in terms of like yes. you know really being dialed into it. I, for me, there was a couple of moments, um, but the one I think I wrote down here was Springer tugging at RC's wrist, which uh, oh. but so. I don't know why watching it on the big screen inspired me to look at it a little bit differently. Okay. Not that it's right either way. Not sure. this, no, okay. But in my head, in Asterisk. my well, in my head, I started to second guess like the whole dynamic between their relationship and Hot Rod's part in it. And although none of nothing is explicitly, really explicitly <laughs> right. talked about, but I still go in my in my head as a kid. I was always trying to figure out like. Is she supposed to be his boyfriend or are she and Hot Rod flirting on the side? And in my head in this movie, it hit me that what if or maybe what it's supposed to be is that Springer and RC are more of a brother sister relationship. Oh, and huh. when I when when I let that click in my head, that doesn't Where mean he you... should be grabbing her wrist or anything. But it made more it sense makes to more me sense. that like, you know, as an older why brother, did you kid, think sister, of that? I don't know why. Like, I, I just I realized that I wasn't getting any like romantic vibes in the same way that you get huh. those flirtatious romantic vibes. And I thought, you know what? There's really yeah, there's really no reason. There doesn't that's, seem to be a spark here at all. Ha, that's ha, ha. actually a super fascinating perspective. Yeah. And, 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 and then I just all of a sudden felt less weird about the grabby stuff but uh huh. but you've uh, actually blown my mind yeah. it I, blew my mind in the theater I, I like all it was weird like this wave of comfort just fell over me go ahead mike yeah well because i i could imagine it's not unreasonable i i'm an only child i don't have any siblings but i i would imagine that in that stress situation that it's not unreasonable to grab your sister's arm and say let's go 
Right. You know, I, I, I've, yeah, I blown my mind. That's, and again, that's what's so cool about the Autopod Decepticast. (laughs) It it makes you take this movie that you've known for 32 years and make you look at it from a completely uh, different angle. I mean, this has like subtext within text within subtext. It's, it's, uh, it's really crazy. Um, so, so something I, I wanted to ask you guys about is, you know, we, we talked about how kind of the audience kind of behaved a little bit. I, mm-hmm. I have to ask, were there any particular times where you guys were personally kind of like keyed in or dialed up or anything, any a, reactions that you guys had? For me, just the very beginning of the movie and like once that uh, the the DEC logo came up and you heard that. I oh, guess it's yeah. a gong. Clang. And, yeah. uh, and uh, I felt like this is really happening. Mm-hmm. And I and I think I was sitting right next to Ryan. I think I like hit you and I was like, this is, is this real life? Because I just, uh, I don't know why it was so surreal after watching this as many times as we've watched it yeah, that, to course. be seeing it in, the, in that context with all those people and on a big screen and I just it was it was just surreal. It felt a little deja vu-y and dreamlike and all yeah. of that stuff. And so it just like that moment when it started uh, was like the like I felt weird a weird sort of nervousness in my yeah. stomach that I can't even explain why it was happening. But uh, but that's kind of where I felt it and it mellowed out over time. Mm-hmm, sure. There were moments like you're an idiot star scream and like to be in a room with that many people i've never obviously never been in a room with that many Absolutely. people watching and it was like and it was like we're that all is a really harsh same... line but we've all seen it but it feels like it it felt like i was in a room full of people that had never seen it for some reason it was like how are they going to react to that, oh, really? to that thing? i don't know i it was think that. You know, my head well, was going but in weird it, places i guess but like we were saying earlier everything still plays as if you hadn't seen it because i mean again we're getting those, it really does those weird audience reactions that if you've seen the movie a million times, why are you still laughing at it? Because it still plays. Mm-hmm. And we love it. I mean, we just, I mean, there's so, yeah, I don't know. Ryan was like, what about you? I was saying, I mean, it was, again, like to the, the, the point of like, it was so fun to be in a group of people who were like, we all agree that we love this thing. Uh-huh. This is something that's interesting to us. We we don't have to up, hide in the shadows we, anymore. Well, <laughs> I think it's clear that nerds don't have to hide in the shadows. But like anymore, yeah. It's, it's Transformers nerds maybe do. It's though. clear that like we we enjoy this thing. We've come out on a Thursday. We all have work tomorrow, and we've decided to enjoy this thing together. And yeah, it was. There were some times where I was like, oh, I, I wonder if people are upset about. You know, there's some noise here, or mm-hmm. like the audience makes some noise. But I'm like, no, these we're all the same people, so we're kind of enjoying this all together. And so that was that was kind of my experience. You know, one one more moment, uh, or one more random thought I had. Wow, this is a rambly. Aside this is a RC, rambly one. Uh, aside from the Springer uh, RC thing, I realized that um, if. You recall that uh, Unicron attacks Moonbase uh, one, I guess, first, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And he eats it, and that's uh, Jazz and Cliff Jumper yes. are on yep. that moon. And then you've got Spike and Bumblebee, who they attempted to blow up Unicron by. No wait, cre- Jazz is Jazz calls Moonbase one. 
Oh, is that right? I'm then sorry. they're on Moonbase no, 2. No, 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 because it's first. Jazz to Moonbase 2. Jazz to oh, Moonbase 2. Oh, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right, Mike. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> so they get devoured, and then you've got Spike and Bumblebee. They set the Moonbase as mm-hmm. a bomb. Yes. And I just realized that, and then they try to get away, but they got sucked in. But I just realized that if their plan had worked, they would have killed Jazz and Cliffjumper. If their plan to blow up Unicron by using uh, oh, <laughs> their, yeah. their moon as a bomb... They would have murdered their friends. Well, it they had no frame of reference that they were still alive. Oh, true. And no, they, true. Didn't, they didn't. And we as the audience didn't <laughs> either. You know, so yeah, that's that's interesting. And the the thing that is also interesting, you know, seeing it play out, because I I haven't watched it. Oh gosh, I can't no, I, I watched it last September when whenever the that 30th anniversary Blu-ray came out. I got it. A year ago. Uh, yeah, so so it's been a full year since I've watched it uh, end to end. And the thing seeing it, it it's maybe just a, the different headspace of being in a movie theater. But holy shit, that movie is fast. And yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, and it doesn't let packed. up. There's barely a chance to breathe. Yeah, it's back to back to back. Yeah, that's again, whenever we were reviewing it uh, a couple of episodes ago, I, I, I mentioned how fast this, this uh, movie is. But then watching it in the theater, I'm like, Holy shit, this is over really quickly. Yeah, it's it's super fast. But, you know, we, we were talking about uh, reactions a bit, and I, I, I got to confess a little bit. Uh, I, uh, um, I, I didn't speak any dialogue or sing any songs or anything like that. I'm a but I, I am a dialogue mouther. And it's mm-hmm. one. And yeah, me too, Mike. And I, uh, you know, I, I couldn't help myself. It was like, you know, so so the the lion theme is is kicking in and, it, you know, it gets to that overmodulated robots in disguise. And I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm seven years old again. I I, 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 I give no fucks. This is fine. So, yeah, th- there were, you know, f- you know, the big ones, you know, the, the you know, one shall stand, one shall fall and all that. But but the the. Most embarrassing, the one that I had the most fun with, I may have said this out loud, I don't remember, but um, when uh, when uh, Cup and Hot Rod are on the Quintesson planet and they're they're bargaining with the Alicons, you know, it's like, you know, the universal mm-hmm. greeting, the Energon goodies, and mm-hmm. um, this is, uh, I think I've posted this on Facebook before, but that, that that's... More, uh, there's so many lines of dialogue that I kind of use in my my daily life that just kind of come up weird and organically, but like I uh, we have two cats and you know I give them treats from time to time so I pull a a bag out and you know I'll, I'll give them the treats and and when I'm done I'm like no more <laughs> and, <laughs> That's and, and, and and sometimes when it's the the uh it, this is so embarrassing but like when it's like the end of the bag I'll be like empty <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I love it. I almost keep waiting for my wife to be like, well, uh, they're supposed to reciprocate. This is getting expensive. (laughs) This is getting expensive. (laughs) Don't Uh, worry, they'll reciprocate. But so like during the movie, that was the only time that like I did additional gestures in addition to mouthing the dialogue because I'm like, no more. Connected (laughs) to you. You know, I... there, a line that is actually performed really well that's related to that that struck me 
more uh, idiosyncratic than it normally does is when Cup and Hot Rod arrived back at Junkion. Yeah. And uh, and he goes, what was that universal greeting again? Oh, never, never mind. mind. I remember. <laughs> it was just like, they didn't even need to do that. Yeah. But it just, it's I don't know, weird, I like it though. And I think weird. of it all the time. Um, yeah. I don't want to hurry us up too much here, but yeah. I think um, uh, that uh, this is probably as good a time as any to, I mean, you you were getting your uh, wife, Lucky, uh, yeah. ready for the movie here. And mm-hmm. so I think what would be a good thing to do is um, maybe just talk about, I, I think maybe between Ryan and I, Let's talk. Like, what do we think would be the essential G one episodes to prepare somebody who's never seen the movie um, before to get them prepped for it? And then I'd like to hear what you actually did. Way to too late for what you did, Mike. Who <laughs> yeah, was like, I did respond. I provided. I, I provided know. some feedback. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, I got a a lot of uh, other feedback as well. I got some folks from uh, Facebook as well as Twitter, and um, I don't have any of it up in front of me because uh quite frankly i mean i i think i will cover this in depth maybe uh when we get together uh next time okay. maybe for one of okay. my shows and and talk a little more on it but um so i i got really good answers you know it's like well you need to watch this episode because it introduces this you need to watch this episode because of that um but basically- we'll just skip to that why don't you just tell us what you did so what what I, what we ended up doing was we watched More Than Meets the Eye, part one, two, and three, and that's it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So oh. and, and and I have a rationale for this because Go for I, it. so basically what I've done is I've created this alternate canon where it it kind of jumps from uh, uh, More Than Meets the Eye. You could put up a title card that just says Twenty Years Later. And jump yep. right into the movie. And the reason why I think the pilot is uh, most essential is because it introduces the concept. You know who the good guys are. You know who the bad guys are. You know what the nature of their conflict is. And it sets up so much that pays off in the movie more so than anything else through any of the other episodes. So like, you know, like between like uh, the dynamic between uh, Prime and Megatron, Um, Uh though, incidentally, Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny how in the in the show, uh, Megatron is a is a laughy daffy guy. It's like, you know, here's something to keep you warm. I mean, everything is just so funny to him. It's just doing that Frank Welker laugh, and then and then we get to the movie, and he's like, "Die, Autobots, motherfucker!" Yeah. <laughs> it just starts murdering people immediately. Um, so, um, but anyway, so it, it it sets up the stakes, it sets up all of the human characters you need. And what I found now, I watched a bunch of episodes by myself, like including all of the ones Aaron recommended and a lot of the other ones. A lot of other folks uh, recommended as well. Um, Will uh, uh, a different time. We uh, we definitely got to talk about uh, Autobop, which is, I think, probably my favorite episode of uh, of the entire show now. That's the, that's the blaster versus sound wave one. Right? Exactly. And and I right. hadn't seen it. In, in oh. so long that I had kind of forgotten about it. Now, 
what I found is as I, you know, so I'm, I'm watching like War Dawn and uh, a couple of the others, I found myself in this trap where it's like, oh, this episode has Stunticons in it. There's no Stunticons in the, in the movie. Right. Well, War Dawn deals heavily with the aerial bots which I had mm-hmm. forgotten about, they're not in the movie. So I created, like, you know, in my head, it's like, well, I don't want to watch any episodes that create questions about, well, where's this guy? Because that's one of the biggest plot holes in Transformers the movie is like, where are all the other combiners? And, yeah. and uh, um, really the thing that I wanted to preserve more than anything is the Devastator reveal. Uh-huh. Because the way that Lionel Standard delivers that line with so much fear and reverence to it. So, like, you know, the the Decepticons have, you know, trashed Autobot City and they're about <clears> to finish him <throat> off. And, he, you know, he's like, Constructicons merge for the kill. And, you know, Daniel, he's like, hey. Devastator. Yeah. And just the way he says that. And if you watch Heavy Metal War, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of the punch out of that because it's like, well, they beat this guy pretty easily, you right. know? And, and it, and, you know, just like the menace in the slow walk to the, uh, to the transformation and all of that. And I think that is one of the coolest uh, reveals in the movie. And I think not watching heavy metal war or any other episode that has Constructicons in it kind of kind of keeps that intact you know you can almost pretend that you're meeting the constructicons for the first time in that scene because it's like oh holy shit they can they can combine into a super robot holy shit what are the good guys gonna do right so and, that's and it, fair and and you know i did try the ones i picked i did try although war dawn probably is the exception to that to pick mm-hmm ones that set up characters in the movie like it featured the dinobots or it featured the insecticons or it featured uh devastator Mm -hmm. uh the blaster sound wave dynamic Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah war dawn that really that was a suggestion of mine as well and when you talk about it like that a there are characters that aren't in the movie and b it gets into i guess a lot of the pre-lore that you don't even need that's it right. like your concept of just looking at the first 3 it does it sets up everything like prime like peter collins so great and frank welker's so great right. you get that these guys go way back and yeah. you get that prime is noble and strong and everybody's going to definitely miss him if he dies <laughs> and you get that megatron is is like tough and bad and smart and and uh and that you know he has this dynamic with starscream so yeah i'd say that was a good tactic on your part well thank you and and you know just the way you were mentioning that made me think of one other thing i mean there's like a lot of weird foreshadowing cuz i i get the feeling that you know whatever the production schedule was i bet you they started working on the movie probably about the same time they worked at um uh, worked on season one and into season two. What what that's I mean? The, that's what they say. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, absolutely. So more than meets the eye was made before all that. Because it, it was just a three-part series and there was like right. a separation between that and the... I don't remember what it was, but they, they were made some time apart. Um, but the, uh, the reason why I bring that up is like there's some weird, eerie foreshadowing 
in uh, More Than Meets the Eye. Like, there, there's a part where, like, Ironhide goes after the Decepticons, and, like, he gets blasted out of the air. They haul him out of the water, and it's like, oh, hey, buddy, you know, are, are you okay? And Prime says something. He's like, you know, you gave us a scare. You know, there, there's a thin line between being a hero and being a memory. Mm-hmm. And then and then fast forward to the movie and that's one of the characters that that heavily features being murdered brutally. So it's it it's just kind of like a it's just kind of that that weird uh I I don't know if it was intentional foreshadowing but and again all the Starscream stuff cuz he keeps saying like every chance he gets he's like my time will come. I will be leader of the Decepticons. Yes. And then he finally gets a shot for 10 minutes so right it, it's it's odd I, I you know just for funsies i would recommend you try that just watch those three episodes and then watch the movie and and just kind of see how that plays for you it makes i'm sure it'll make sense well to, we've got to kind of we've got to wrap it up a little bit mm-hmm. here but one thing i think uh i would just touch on before we completely i think at some point maybe up in tfcon we'll talk about the reboot sure. conversation and and you know if we were to reboot who would our dream team be kind of thing but since it was relative to this and they did do some new bumblebee reveals yeah. oh yes um, yeah we can't what, get out of here without talking about that what, what uh i mean I, I mean i'll give you my hot take real quick yep. uh i just i'm i'm, con- I'm still a little confused confused by it is it a reboot is it a retcon is it in the bay universe no. i assume it's in the bay universe still. it is and um i think that um i'll quote uh kind of rip off somebody i watched a transformers reviewer and i in mm-hmm. a podcaster by the name of bobby Skullface, and he uh i felt kind of aligned with where he was that all that footage of the the G one e Cybertron stuff seems very tacked on. Like the quality of it seems more video gamey yeah. than the quality of the stuff that was made. You know, the, of the Earth the Earth special effects. And I feel mm-hmm. like his hypothesis was is that people got really pissy about the whole uh, Blitzwing Starscream situation and they felt like they had to shoehorn that in there. No. And at the end of the day, that sequence is probably a three minute sequence of of like exposition uh, that uh, is not really going to play a major part. In no, the movie. I'm sure it doesn't. But that was not created after those people. got. I don't it. know. There's don't, no way. I don't know. No, um, that did not happen I, after that. But that I mean, if you go the ahead, quality Mike. really isn't as good. And so Sorry. and so at any rate, uh, but but I mean, either way, I'm fine with it. I'm yeah. glad it's in there and they should. I'm happy that that's. What were you going to say, Mike? And maybe there's time to clean it up. Well, yeah, see, a couple things. One, uh, Shockwave is looking thick. He he's got some thick thighs in there. It's it, it it's it. it's delicious. But I love it. But no, I I'm <laughs> I'm going to split the difference with you guys because I uh, I I don't feel that it's you know caving to fan expectations and all of that. I think it was organically already kind of in there. I think the special effects aren't done. More rendering needed. But they wanted to toss us a bone, um, and I'll uh, I'll go even further. And, and again, I think I think it's going to be a flashback. I think it's I think it's going to be a very brief sequence. It's not going to be oh yes. a, a featured part of the movie, which I think will be fine because uh, you know yeah. one one of one of the parts of the movie is that you know it seems like Bumblebee kind of has like that the amnesia. 
because um, as we saw in the extended clip spoilers, it it's revealed that he doesn't know his name. He doesn't know where he comes from. He doesn't have any memories. And so his bond with Charlie is him kind of kind of trying to, you know, find himself. Um, so I, I think it's just going to be a uh, flashback. And I, oh, damn it. I lost my train of thought and I forgot where else I was going to go with that. Um, oh, that, uh, that I, I think the Blitzwing thing is still a red herring. If, if you're giving, if you're giving us G1 Optimus, uh, Shockwave, uh, Soundwave and Ravage, um, Tetra Jets for, for fuck's sake. Exactly. You know, I, 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 you can't have a character that well designed and not have it be Starscream. I I think I mm, gosh I hope you you're right, Mike. You but I don't with think us? you are. <laughs> you you know what though? I I remember there was this little movie called Star Trek Into Darkness that came out, and J.J. Abrams was like, "Oh yeah, that that Benedict Crowder Hatch guy, he's not playing Khan. Khan isn't in this movie. Not a thing. Psych. Not a thing." <laughs> and that movie. oh, that movie sucks. I hate it so yes, much. I hate it so much. I love. I love. Mike, you and I will do a podcast about how much we hate the new Star Trek movies. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that first one. Just uh, you know, just well, kind of shots across the bow. But, I have uh, some thoughts. All right, very good. <laughs> but uh, but with Bumblebee, I I'm already in a take my money situation. Absolutely, I, absolutely. Yeah, I I'm going to watch it. And to uh, your guys's point about whether it's a reboot or a whatever. Um, to me, this smacks of X-Men First Class. Yes. In a yes, good way. I agree. And, and that's not a bad thing to where you can do like a soft reboot that may or mm-hmm. may not lead up to the other movies and it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, maybe it's a soft prequel. Maybe it isn't. You know, and maybe like with Bumblebee having amnesia, that's a way you can get out from underneath of like, I mean, I never watched that that fifth live action movie, but apparently he's like in World War II, like killing Nazis or some shit like that. Uh, we- also, I don't care. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I just, the idea of me seeing Bumblebee in the 1980s, like, I don't care. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like you guys have talked about in the podcast, you know, it, it's going back to Sweet Boy, basically, you know, and that he's yes. huggable. And yes. I hate this portrayal of Bumblebee. I don't, I, really? I hate that you hate I, it. I can't stand this, like, childlike, He's not shy, childlike, though. Lap he's, dog. No, yes, d- d- no. Duck my, duck my head behind the rocks and, like, cower in the no. corner. I mean, I mean, I'll have to see it to, oh. wa- to watch it, but I don't There's, see how you go from that to, like, badass warrior. Well, now I'm going to... Well, you are the most wrong that's ever been. Well, <laughs> you I know can't what? stand it. In, in, well, I, I, think I, even, I think even if... Like I just think about the G one interpretation of Bumblebee. He didn't act like a like he's he you can be immature and still be. Um, you but again, know, he's missing still, memories. Uh, like I, okay, I I yeah, think it's gonna to be feel it's like gonna be fine. He's like this kind of like cowardly beaten dog character. I, I don't know. It's just uh, nope. I uh, Aaron and I have different 
opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, good thing the podcast is almost over because I'm smelling a rift. And you know, as, as a uh, as a friend of the show and a featured guest, I that's going to be that's going to be a rough day at the office when I got starts taking sides because uh, spoiler alert. I don't know. No, what it's fine because I'll be I'll be I'll be proven to be correct. <laughs> um, and. So, uh, so I, I know our time is running out. The last thing I wanted to cover is, mm-hmm. did you guys stay after the credits? Um, we stayed, well, I, I stayed uh, for a little bit with, uh, I was riding with Caleb and his son. Mm-hmm. So I stayed for the Stan Bush, uh, uh, a little bit of that. Okay. And I was like, eh, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, you know what, you're okay. I think it's cool that it was there. Um... I, I'm glad that they put something at the end of the credits because I guess I'm Marvel trained. And, and sure, it's, and, and we it's, all are. That's I stay after every movie because we've been trained by Marvel to do that. <laughs> Fucking. Well, Disney. I was making a joke. Are they going to have some kind of bonus uh, hinting to the next movie? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it's just season three. <laughs> you know, right. Like Five Faces of Darkness. What the hell is this? But uh, but yeah, no. The uh, I I like that they tack something on. Um, I liked actually that I I think having the Stan Bush stuff at the end because it is so take it or leave it was probably yeah. a better move because if you put that that I mean I mean Stan Bush bless his heart but man that's a he's a he's a lumpy dumpy fella and that was <laughs> uh I yeah um that that was kind of rough and yeah know, I mean the documentary part is taken from the 30th anniversary um it, I couldn't it, remember if it was or not it's, okay it's it's from it's actually from a larger documentary so it's like they just kind of like took a pie wedge out of it and then they tacked on that acoustic set at the end and oh man I mean I, I, I understand now, and this is something, Aaron, you were telling me about way back when, when we first got, started getting connected, is that the fandom can be so shitty sometimes. And it was always yes. like, he's like, oh, that, that microphone must be delicious <laughs> or something. Because it was, I mean, yeah. I mean, even, well, even as an audio guy, like, uh, you know, th- they had like this uh, acoustic set, like in a parking lot or some such. I couldn't and, figure out what that was all about. I don't know. It was goofy. I mean, like, the the performance was okay but like the the mic placement was all fucked up it's like he kept like leaning into it and bumping into it and since you're in a movie theater with with really good stereo you can hear where like you know he's he's moving around and bumping into it and you know just (laughs) just a regular day at the autopod decepticast recording (laughs) session (laughs) but but yeah no it was it was it was not great but but i i gotta tell you though as i was watching the credits i um um i i saw a part and i'm like Oh shit! Wait a minute. I think that's my part for uh, for an upcoming episode of. <laughs> and I leaned forward. I'm like production secretaries. I wasn't writing notes, <laughs> but I was like, hmm, like looking at my. It's so weird, but I um I I do gotta tell you though I I uh I don't need six minutes of that song. You 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 want to you want to no. you want to yeah. get sick of lions uh, transformers the movie theme. You just sit in those credits and you just watch yeah. and you listen to like the same chorus over and over, because I I want to say Mike that, Mike yeah. we did 
<laughs> We're doing it right now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's so bad. So, uh, but no, I mean it, it was it was an amazing experience. Um, I I would do it again if there was like say like a uh, fan friendly Rocky Horror type uh, type style type thing. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, uh, and, now that I've done this, I agree. Yes. I, I'm glad I saw it. Uh, respectfully, uh, traditionally quiet theater uh, this time around. Yeah, it, it would have been cool if they had like maybe like an early show and a late show. You know, it's like you go to the seven o'clock show and you know you're reverent, and then like you go to like the ten o'clock show and and kind of cut loose a little more. Um, that that that'd be rad, but um, <laughs> but but we can all do that from the comfort of uh, of our homes. So that's right. I was trying to think of a great transition. Speaking of homes. We'll let you all get back to your homes. <laughs> Will we? That's how we're doing it? Speaking of homes, I'm going to drive Ryan to his home. Yes. <laughs> because, uh, because I need to make dinner as well. But, and I have uh, to pee. Oh, <laughs> well, well so out. thank you, Mike. I think uh, this is a great conversation. Thanks for participating in it. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for... Uh, being a part of what we have going on and planning for TFCon, our uh, special presentation, October 26th through 28th, Chicago, United States, Planet Earth, Solar System, <laughs> Orion Arm, Milky Way, Local Group, Virgo Cluster, Virgo Thank Super you. Cluster, Universe. Mm. That's our that's our address. That's, that's our address. Our universal address. Post office box. That's very that specific. <laughs> but um, but uh, Mike Cyber, where can people hear from you? Uh, they can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram and like us on Facebook, all at Mike Seibert Radio. I am not the Mars Rover guy. That's a different Mike Seibert. Uh, the spelling on that is S-E-I-B-E-R-T, just the way it sounds. <laughs> LOL. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I felt the need to put that in there. But um, if folks wanted to listen to the podcast, again, it is Mike Seibert Radio. You can find that on SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher Radio app, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podcasts and iTunes. Uh, like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. And if you would like to leave me a review, five stars, please. As I'm totally stealing Ryan's lines, uh, right, right, in, right in front of him. And and I don't know if you've noticed, but that's like that's my cadence now. I can't stop saying five stars, please. But uh, I love it. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Ryan feels great about any influence he. I feel great about anything that anything. anybody cares to give me credit for. Well, you know, um, I, I, another Ryanism I've picked up is, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like that. <laughs> oh, that's that's not good. I, it's weird. Thank you. As to us, of course, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, uh, all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Okay, maybe just three. Mm -hmm. At APODDCast. And, of course, there's the web presence at AutopodDeceptiveCast.com. We'll have a proper episode next week. Absolutely. And bringing you through the Transformers uh, conference that will be happening in Chicago. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, thanks again, Mike. And thanks to everybody listening. Hope everybody had a good time at the movie and not a I hope time. everybody's great. <laughs> everybody, are you great? I hope you're great. Well, you Come know on. what? And and <laughs> I'm totally trampling all over your thing. 
Sorry, I totally fucked that up. I, I was just going to say, you know, as you're following us on the social medias, let us know what you thought of it. I'd, I'd love to know if our buddy uh, Serge Bomba or Skeeter or David Cavill mm-hmm. or any of those folks uh, made it out to the movie and what their thoughts were as well, because I, I would imagine that they would be very similar to ours. So Excellent. Yep. All right. That's bye, all bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Make good choices. Yeah. We're going to hang up on you. <laughs> Blossels, where we sell good. <laughs>